Hello everyone, welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. It's the summer edition of the podcast, the one you've all been waiting for since it's been a few weeks since we've uh, done, well I guess, what, about a month and a half maybe, KD? Something like that? Yeah, I guess since Ish. the season wrapped up there. Yeah. It's been a while. Been a bit. No, it's good to be back though. <laughs> Time flies. All right, Mike Hancock along with Kyle Davis here and we'll... Uh, We'll take you through all the latest expansion draft news and what's going on in and around the National Lacrosse League. And uh, we're going to start, obviously, with the Toronto Rock. We're also going to have Jamie Dowick, owner, president, and general manager of the team, will be joining us. But first, but first, let's go over who the Toronto Rock protected. So teams were able to protect 11 players, and that could be a couple of different combinations. You could protect 10 runners and a goalie or 11 runners, but... No more than five of those runners could be offensive players. So forwards, okay? So uh, now that we're all on the same page, but I'm sorry, players that had to be protected was any player who finished the season on an active or inactive list, practice roster players that finished the year that are scheduled to become unrestricted free agents on August the 1st were not eligible for this process, okay? So in the... Uh, Toronto Rock World, that would be guys like Riley Hutchcraft, Drew Belgrave, those guys who finished the year on the practice roster, and Adam J. sorry. Okay, so here we go. Here who is here is who the Toronto Rock protected. Sheldon Burns, Latrell Harris, Rob Hellier, Bill Hostrauser, Adam Jones, Brad Cree, Dan Lintner, Reed Reinholdt, Challen Rogers, Nick Rose, and Tom Schreiber. Probably not really any names that are massive surprises on that list. Maybe one or two that will spark some debate. But here are the players that are available. And I'll quickly say kind of why they're available if there's some question marks. Because I think there are some guys immediately that pop out here. And then you say, oh, really? So Casey Behrens, obviously, alphabetically here, the first. He finished the year on the retired list. And since he was placed on the rocks retired list within the last 12 months he still technically finished on an inactive list in the eyes of the national lacrosse league which means he is available for the expansion draft and would either have to be protected or not protected and in this case he is not protected and you'll find a few other players across the league uh john grant is another one who finds himself on this list anthony cosmo another guy Buffalo left him unprotected because he was put on the retired list within the last year. So few names like that pop up around the league. Uh, as we quickly go down this list, Phil Caputo, Sandy Chapman, Dan Craig, Damon Edwards, Turner Evans, who was on the injured reserve for the entire season for the Toronto Rock. Jesse Gamble, holdout list is where he finished. He didn't play this past season as uh, he had work commitments and is a uh, pending free agent as well. Uh, Brett Hickey, Josh Jubinville, who was actually a 2017 uh, Toronto Rock draft pick, but since he was still attending school, is actually on the team's draft list where he can remain for another full season before the Rock would have to do something with him. Jordan Magnuson and then Zach Masson. There's another guy that's in the exact same situation as Jubinville. Kieran McArdle, Brody Merrill, Brandon Miller, Paul Rabel, who is a restricted free agent and will still be a restricted free agent, likely on August the 1st, unless he is selected and signed uh, before them by either Philadelphia or San Diego. Uh, Dale Robertson, who finished on the physically unable to perform list. Brock Sorensen, Dan Taylor, and Alec Tullett, who finds himself again in the same boat as 
Jubinville, and Masson. A lot to digest there, but uh, KD, why don't we? Uh, where do you want to start with this? Where do you want to start? Uh, I mean, we can start with the. I think the juicier topic is maybe players that are left off the list that kind of stick out to you here. Yep. I guess. Uh, for me personally, you know, a couple that come to mind would be, you know, four over fifty goal scorer Brett Hickey. Obviously, it's a numbers game. You look at the people that were protected, though. I, I mean, you can't argue anyone's name on that list. Obviously, taking lefts and the rights into consideration and the future of the team, you know, there's probably, what, Jones, Hellier, both in the top five, ten scoring last year. Yep. Schreiber's there if he's not hurt. Yep. You know, Reed, you need another lefty. Like, it, it makes sense to me at least, but, that you know, that's a name that just sticks out to me. He's been here for, for a while, and he's been a good uh, good soldier here, Hickey, and, and been putting the ball in that. So, I mean, that's one that sticks out to me. Obviously, you know, you see the captain on, on the list. That's – I'm sure people are, well, what's going on here kind yep. of thing. But yep. as, as you kind of went over, um, you know, he's UFA. Yep. So uh, didn't have to necessarily be on the list. Doesn't mean he's gone. Um, I don't know your thoughts on – yeah, I think obviously Brody is, uh, you know, the biggest name on the list when a team's captain is left unprotected. But um, with Brody being a pending unrestricted free agent as of August the 1st, he has the ability to uh, reject the franchise tag as well. It's it's one of those things where while people say, how can you leave your captain unprotected? It's actually when you peel back the layers on it, it probably makes a lot of sense uh, to handle it in this regard. And um, really, if San Diego or Philadelphia were to select him, the only thing they really gain would be a potential advantage with a negotiation window up to August 1st and some a potential compensatory pick should they offer him a contract uh, before August 1st and then he signs elsewhere, like perhaps back in Toronto. So um, there are a lot of layers to this, folks, and if you – you know, have questions about this kind of stuff, tweet at us, email us, however you want. We can answer those questions for you. If there's something that you maybe don't quite follow during the podcast or just with some of the stuff that's out there right now, feel free to ask us. I mean, we're here to answer these questions and uh, everybody, I think, pretty well knows how to get a, get a hold of us here at the Rock Office. So, um, you know, we're always here to help everybody through this process and we don't need you to just, you know, we don't need you to drive over that ledge just yet, folks. All right. Everything's going to be okay. If your favorite player was left unprotected, it's okay. It doesn't mean they're gone. And to, like, to preface as well for the fans here, obviously there's a large list from Toronto Rock that are, are available. They're losing two players, right? Yeah. So it's not all these players all of a sudden aren't gone. There's only 11 protected. Every team has 11 players, I guess, protected as of today. Yeah. And every team's only losing two players. So everyone's going back to 25 to 30 players, right? And yeah. So it's not... I mean, the end of the world, people looking at this stuff and thinking, oh, my God, we're going to lose, you know, Brody, Turner Evans, Sandy Chat. Like, that's not the case. And one other thing that, uh, you know, maybe is kind of getting lost in a little bit of this, you look at the list of available players on some teams, and some of those lists are really short. And I think that might be something that's even getting overlooked here that fans might not dial into is that the Rock have a lot of assets here. A yep. lot. When you count the guys on the draft list and all this other stuff, and I know, you know, Casey Behrens is on that list, and we know he doesn't really factor into this much the same as he doesn't really factor into uh, – John Grant doesn't really factor into Colorado's depth chart. Cosmo doesn't really fit into Buffalo's depth chart. But, you know, when you strip that away, after that, I mean, 
you really have quite a collection of assets and some guys that could be plugged in here or there and the guys who are on the draft list that are all going to be real good ball players I think at some point here down the road um, there are some really good pieces here I mean you've got Paul Rabel sitting there for sure too that you know as a restricted free agent the Rocks still have the right to match that contract should he sign somewhere you know so that could end up also you know coming into play that he could be another movable asset here at some point if he's not selected uh, in the expansion draft so there's a lot of things in play here and you know sometimes it's you know everybody races to judgment here and they see one guy that's on the team and that they think is a big part of the team and again like I say you got to peel back the layers and kind of realize that there's more this is far from black and white I guess what I'm trying to say very far from black and white this isn't something that you know can just be explained in five minutes or ten minutes there's a lot going on here folks and digest it here before you race to uh, crazy judgment or uh, you know a hastily formed opinion I guess I could say on on just what has happened here so um, other name on the list uh after Brody Merrill, Brett Hickey, like we say, in the numbers game. And, you know, you started mess, uh, mentioning that, you know, you're going to need to probably have some combination of two lefties and three righties if For you're sure. going to protect 5-0 guys because you don't want to go down the road where essentially if you're going to protect four righties and one lefty, chances are that lefty's getting selected. I don't know too many... Number two lefties. Exactly. If that's essentially your number two lefty that you're going to leave hanging out there... For sure. ...dangling in the expansion draft, like, you can pretty well kiss him goodbye. Well, and then, too, it comes down to, you know, even next year in a game, like, let's be honest, if that's the case, your left side is considerably weaker than your right side if you, yeah. go, if you go that route. what who, Like, teams are going to come into Toronto or, or when they play Toronto, you're going to see all four to, or the three top defenders playing on the right side, you know, and... and I think it could be a topic or an area of concern then down the year that, oh, we're not getting much out of the left side or the the left side need to, needs to pick it up when really the reality is, well, we lost our number two left. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, you don't – well, while we're talking about this great wealth of assets sometimes, it's like, you know, you don't have a number two lefty that's sitting there not playing for you. No. <laughs> in most cases. Maybe, yeah. maybe there's an injury somewhere along the lines or whatever, but – you know, in most cases, I don't think people have that much depth that they're like, okay, well, this guy is not in our, you know, he's probably our second best guy, but we're just not playing him or uh, or protecting him. Well, but. and you from from an offensive standpoint, you want you want balance. You want to be able to, you know, be able, have the option to maybe go strong left one time or yeah. in a game or at some point throughout the season, or you know, be able to mix that up. If you're just constantly going, you know, heavy right, that's you're going to give the same looks over and over, I guess. Yeah, and I think. Again, a guy like Brett Hickey being exposed, we go back to the depth thing. It speaks to the depth of the organization, I think, and the fact that that is probably the one spot of the roster where there is the most depth is the offensive righties. And you've got Schreiber and Hellyer penciled in there as one, two, flip a coin as to whoever is one and two. And then after that, if you're going to protect three guys, you are down to, you know, deciding between Hickey, Lintner, and then you throw Phil Caputo into the mix too there. I mean, he's a guy who's left available and he's a pretty juicy one too really when you think about what he's done in the summer playing for Brampton over the last few years in a larger role which is one of those things where you look at an expansion team and you think immediately and with an expansion situation Caputo's probably going to be put into a larger role than what he would see even if and when he's in the lineup with Toronto so 
Um, we'll go back to it again. So many layers, a lot of depth, a lot of things to discuss here. So um, after that, I mean, there's a lot of quality lacrosse players available here. And I think for San Diego and Philadelphia, they have to be sitting back saying, you know, we're, we're going to end up with nine players at the end of this process on Monday, July the 16th. And they're going to be pretty, you know, nine pretty good players that essentially would more than likely be playing on any other team in the league dressed for any game. Oh, you're getting nine NLL players for yeah. sure. It's not – there's no way around it. They're going to – you know, they're getting an opportunity here to set themselves up to, to be competitive in the league, and I think that's what you want. I, I you know from from a personal market in San Diego or Philadelphia – you know, it's not good for for that market to come in and suck or, or you know, win yeah. two games or three games or just be a guaranteed win going into, you know, whatever team, Philadelphia, like I said, or San Diego. But uh, essentially, the, yeah, like, so Toronto's going to lose essentially what, their 12th and 13th player. Yeah. Right? right? Like, yeah. And, and that's that, – those are good lacrosse players. Yeah, and, and then conversely, as we're saying that San Diego and Philadelphia – are going to be stocked pretty well to begin with. Their challenge, I think, will be finding the depth. Yeah. Because even right now we look at San Diego's already made the trade to acquire Buchanan. So they're going to walk out of this with 10 guys, and uh, Philly will still have nine once the expansion draft concludes. But, you know, Philadelphia and San Diego will pick – sorry, San Diego will go one. Philadelphia will go two in the entry draft, and you'd think – Right there, they're both going to get a player that's going to walk in and play for them, you know, next year. And then they're also going to get a pick each at the end of the first round. So there's maybe maybe two two guys, right? So now you're at 10, or sorry, 12 and, <laughs> 12 and 11 yeah. out of that. And then you, then you enter the free agent market, really, because, you know, sure, there are going to be some second-round picks here that are going to play, you know, in all likelihood, both of their second-round picks – for both of these teams are going to uh, play. Although San Diego, we know, has traded out of the end of the second round and into the early third round with the Buchanan deal. But, um, you know, there's... So now we're at maybe, say, 15 guys. For sure. Let's throw it out there. Between the draft, we're 15 and 14, probably somewhere in there. Or maybe 14 and 13, if my math is better. And after that, then you're going to free agency. And, you know, you still got to get to... You know, your 17 runners, two goalies that you're going to put on the floor to start the season. So that's still going to be that challenge. That is going to be the super interesting thing to follow. And also, you know, once San Diego does, once San Diego and Philadelphia do have some assets, how they start to move those around here once the expansion draft is over. And it's kind of fun circling back here to, you know, bring putting a Toronto angle on it. It's something I think these teams are going to want to do to find that depth is you look at, uh, you know, the protected players here. Reed Reinhold, basically out of nowhere, free you know free asset added. Tom Schreiber, free asset added, went and found. Yep. Teams are going to have to do that. Maybe there is a you know an American market for or another player down there that would help these guys uh, you know come in and wants to maybe get involved in the box game or then maybe there's another Reed Reinhold out there somewhere that they have to find. That's going to be yeah. up to their their staff and scouting staff to go locate. And even more so, maybe a good comparison is Kieran McCardle. Kieran McCardle, the American exactly. kind of second-tier guy where you've got Schreiber as the head and shoulders above everybody else probably. And then you look at who are those second-tier guys that are going to be able to come in and play. 
Who are the guys who are going to be able to come and play defense, too, I think is going to yep. be a massive thing. What Americans are going to be able to come in and play defense. And uh, it's going to be awesome. This is, this is probably the best offseason in NLL history. For sure. Well, it's going to be The way fun, everything's sure. been built up. And, and uh, you know, I've got the new ownership in Vancouver as well. The Canucks coming in. There's so much going on. Uh, it's all pretty exciting. So we are going to visit with Toronto Rock owner, president, and general manager Jamie Dowick coming up in a couple of moments. And then after that, you're going to want to stay tuned or skip ahead to it. But I would say stay tuned and listen to everything. Uh, we're going to try and do a mock draft in the, <laughs> the second part of the show. So we'll see how that goes. Up front, there is not going to be some – there may not be as deep of preparation as we uh, – would do say if we had another two weeks to prepare for this um but we're gonna do our best here and have a little bit of fun with it as well so stay tuned we'll be back with jamie dowick in just a moment Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis here. The summer edition of the podcast, and we are now joined by Toronto Rock owner-president and general manager Jamie Dowick to talk a little bit about expansion protected list, the expansion draft, and just how this summer is going to unfold, one that is very different from what uh, you, Jamie, have ever experienced here through your ownership of the Toronto Rock. Yeah, it is. uh, It has been very different and a bit of a learning experience um, we haven't had an expansion draft uh, in my 10 years in the league, and this is uh, it's a bit of a new process for me. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, it's laid out the way it is, and, and it is what it is, and, and we're just going to, you know, our kind of philosophy here is just to, uh, you know, kind of sit back and go by uh, follow along with what, what the proceedings are and, and see what happens here. Now, I'm sure with a list like this, things probably come together pretty quickly. Seven, eight, nine guys even in, things are pretty quick. The goaltender, pretty quick. Um, But after that, maybe talk a little bit about just what goes into that full decision-making process to fill out the rest of that uh, 11-player list. Okay. Well, I, I, I can do that. (laughs) <laughs> but but, but before right. I do it, honestly, okay. like this this is the thing I don't like about this whole process. Okay, is you know uh, the way it, the the way it's spun a little bit. You know that I can protect eleven guys and this and that. I mean, um, I think we have thirty guys almost on our our roster. All thirty those guys are here because we like them and because we want them to be here. Now, first and foremost. So if we didn't. And they wouldn't be here. So since they are here, so so this whole process, I mean, you know, and that's why I say I'm going to kind of sit back and just let it happen. And, and you know, I, I don't like it. I, I don't love it. Um, but, you know, I do like expansion. I think it's good for our league. And, and part of expansion is, is, is stocking the new teams with players. And, and part of that, is, you know, we want to give them quality players so that they have a chance to be successful right off the bat. Um, you know me. I, I'm a loyal guy, and, and I love my guys. I love all my guys. So no matter which two guys get selected off of our roster, um, I'm going to be sad to see them go. And it's not going to be easy to say goodbye, you know, because it's not, you know, I guess it is somewhat in my 
choice with having them on the list or not, but, you know, it, it's kind of out of my control. Um, the number's not a big number compared to our roster sizes. Uh, it is what it is. We had some very, very tough decisions, and, and you know, there's, um, there, there, there's lots of factors in, in, in why you go a certain route. Um, you know, a person's age, you know, age would be a big one. Contract to me isn't as important because we're not there yet in this league. Um, you know, st- uh, status, uh, contract status, you know, moving forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not talking dollars. I'm talking, you know, unrestricted free agencies, you know, the situation Brody's in. Um you know that like so there's just there's just lots of factors and, and there was a lot there was some tough decisions for sure and um you know it just it hasn't been the most fun process for me um i'll be happy you know 12 days from now when it's done with and unfortunately we're going to lose two quality people and players in, in the in that process but only two no more um, the whole idea of making trades before this draft and whatever doesn't make any sense for a team as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, we, we've got a lot of question marks out there right now. Um, you know, our captain is unprotected, and, and that's because he's an unrestricted free agent and, and old enough in this league to be able to um, reject a franchise tag. So, um you know, Brody's going to play where Brody wants to play next year, and, and I'm and I'm hopeful and, and pretty confident it'll be here in Toronto. But until uh, until that that's done, that's not done. And and uh, Sandy Chapman, another guy not on our list there. Um, you know, tough. I, I'm not sure what Chappie's plans are moving forward. You know, I have a feeling, uh, but we haven't had that final conversation either. And he's in the same position as Brody. He completely controls. Uh, where he plays doesn't matter if he gets selected uh, they both have you know uh, status in the league to to dictate full unrestricted free agency and, and sign with whatever team they want to so they've earned that um, you know I mean the other thing sorry just to jump in there just to clarify for fans a little bit that like what you're saying is if a Brody Merrill were to be selected by San Diego or Philadelphia essentially all they have at that point, secured is essentially a two-week negotiation window before those players would still go to unrestricted free agency anyways on August 1st. Correct. Basically, they, they yeah, in a, I mean, yeah. more or less, yeah, absolutely. And, and um, I mean, they could franchise, so or they could franchise them, but they're both, old, you know, Brody yeah. would be old enough to reject a franchise tag. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's basically what it is. It gives you a couple-week window. Um you know, people could be thinking about the silly compensation yeah. <laughs> thing we have in yeah. our league and thinking, well, even if I take him and then lose him, we get compensated for it. Yeah. But, you know, in the, in the, in the wake of a expiring CBA that's tied to that, you know, who knows if that's even the case going forward. So I wouldn't uh, and load that's the boat the thing, up on that one. You know, there, there are many layers to this, and it's not a – you know, like how you're talking about with, you know, you like all the guys here and this isn't a like and don't like list, right? Which, you know, a lot of times we look at the comments from the fans coming in too and we get it, you know, sometimes there's a player that finds himself on a unprotected list in a situation like this in any sport, right? That you're sitting there, well, that's my favorite player. Why isn't he protected? And it's, you know, it doesn't mean he's gone. 
I think is the big Absolutely. thing for it doesn't, people you know, to realize. It doesn't mean that those, you know, because if it did mean all those unprotected players were gone, then we'd be starting with 11 guys here next year. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, I think if you look at that list of the Toronto Rock, and I'm talking protected and unprotected player list, it's a pretty deep list. There's a lot of good lacrosse yeah. players on there. Um, and, and there's more players on the side of unprotected than there are on, on protected. So, yeah, this isn't, you know, two, two weeks from now, um, you know, if we do this show, we'll talk about the two guys that we lost. That's it. Everyone else is still Toronto Rock property, um, you know, or potentially to be. Um, you know, I, I, I'd like to have a, f- a pick or two higher in the draft this year, but I'm, I'm – I feel pretty good about a lot of the names I see on that list when I look at that list, and and uh, you know, I'm, I'm let, let, let's get through these weeks. <laughs> and how, question is, uh, how much did you kind of bounce off the coaching staff going into making this list, and then when did you settle in on your list? Is it something you've been tracking all year, kind of moving people in and out depending on you know how how games are going? Is it something you sat down at the end of the year and then started to digest? To, just take us through that. Yeah, well, I mean, I, t- I, I talked to all my guys. Um, I talked to all my coaches, talked to all my scouts, talked to everyone, talked to a lot of people about, you know, people within my organization, about players. Um, you know, you're only as good as the people around you. So I rely on those guys a lot for their opinion. I mean, ultimately, I'm the GM. I'll, I'll, uh, I made the final decision, and, and but – you know, we're all on the same page here. That's one of the good things we got going here, and that's key rule number one to me. T taught me that. Surround yourself with good people. Well, that's my philosophy, his as well. You know, and, and, and you know, we welcome input. Um, my list has been going from the moment I heard we had expansion. Um, do I do it game by game? Not really. But, you know, there was definitely – there's been, you know, my list that went in – yesterday wouldn't have been my list i don't know it it changed from from the first time i heard about expansion so it's just an ongoing process these decisions weren't made overnight and and uh you know in honor of the we're we're playing poker here you know a little bit too like uh you know there's a lot of crap being thrown around. Like, <laughs> honestly, I, I've got eight guys being taken off my team right now. So you know what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like I said, we'll 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 wait and see. I, I'm not. Um, you know, I, I understand why maybe San Diego and Philly are running around like chickens with their heads cut off, but the Toronto Rock's not. Um, status quo here. And uh, how, from the how did it get? I guess the messaging to the players, did, did players get called to find out they're on a list? Did they find out when, I guess, the rest of the world did and the list just got announced by the league? Uh, if you could take us through that. Well, apparently a few of them found out from the other teams yesterday. But uh, uh, the, we had to I, – I did not – you know, I had exit mu- interviews with all my players. Um, guys had – I didn't tell them point blank, yes or no. Um, you know, nor did I call everyone individually. Uh, I, I, I let my list come out. And, um, you know, that was just the way I chose to do it. Like I said, maybe one or two might have found out from someone else, which, which I didn't like, but that's not because of the, someone else's fault, you know, the, the teams per se. Um, but, 
you know, like, I just, like, I, I don't, I'm not drawing this out any more than it is. Like, to me, it's, it's just, it is what it is, and it's not a great thing from that standpoint, but let's just get through it and, and move forward, and we don't need to talk about it and, you know, I'm sure there's guys that I, that aren't protected that aren't happy with not being protected. Um, you know, I guess obviously guys that are protected are probably pretty happy they are. But, um, you know, two weeks from now, two guys will be gone. Everyone will be protected by the Toronto Rock. And that number so then goes from like 11 to maybe 25 or something like that till we go to camp. So, you know, my, my protected list is going to over double in the next two weeks, um, you know. A lot more than the new teams coming in. Now, one other name, uh, you know, offensive players usually always steal the headlines. So the big name really that probably uh, hits that list outside of Brody that we've already talked about is Brad Hickey. Um, do you maybe want to talk a little bit about that? I know, you know, the expansion draft rules again. I know we've talked about it a million times, but for those people not familiar, 11 players um, could be protected and only up to five offensive players. So that's where things probably got a little bit tricky for some teams and you know it does become a numbers game sometimes absolutely and and if you look at all those teams like you know this is where i say you you generally keep your top tank but there's guys that are you know stephen kehoe's another guy that comes yeah. to mind you know maybe age maybe contract i'm not sure exactly what uh there's lots of things here okay mm-hmm. and yeah, leaving Brett Hickey unprotected is, is a tough move. Um, you know, I had to make a decision, and I had to go one way or the other. This is the way I went. Um, we'll, we'll know in two weeks or not whether, um, you know, we lose Brett in the expansion draft or business as usual here. Um, but, you know, it, Brett's been great for us, and, and it, was abs- it, was, it, was, it was one of the, you know, none of them are easy, but that one's, that one's tough to put them out there. Um, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens here. Now, also, just to shift gears away from the expansion stuff a little bit, uh, any news that you can share with us from the uh, Board of Governors meetings uh, what last week in Philadelphia there, anything that fans should keep their eye on that may develop here over the summer? I think if you go to watch us play in Philly next year, I'm Pats over Geno's for sure. <laughs> you right? went? You got, yeah, I did. I went. I went to Pats. Had had a nice. See, I'm partial. I've only been once, and I was partial to Geno. Oh. mostly because of Geno Malkin. But uh-huh. and I know it has nothing to do with it. But in my head, I was like, well, I'm going to Geno's. Like I'm going to Geno's. But <clears throat> board board of, board of governors meetings were good. Lots of stuff going on. Busy. Lots of business going on these days in the league, and um, you know it's exciting times for the league. We're moving from uh, nine teams to eleven, um, and the change of ownership in Vancouver. Um, you know, welcoming the you know Denise. Uh, I had a great relationship with Denise as as well as we knew each other. We had a great little West East rivalry really from day one, and uh, you know I take my hat off to Denise. Uh, she did a lot to keep that franchise alive and moving along, and and to the point of the Canucks have come in awesome. Um, you know, Joe Sai out there in San Diego with Steve. You know, Steve knows what he's doing. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be great out there. And uh, you know, Philly, one of our flagship markets. That you know, who cares that we left? We're back, and uh, you know, Comcast ownership there, another home run. So. 
I, I think exciting times, uh, you know, for the, for the new teams coming in here in the league and, and uh, you know, the, the future is bright, I think. All right, Jamie. You got anything else? Oh, I got one more. Yeah, one more here, actually. (laughs) Just kind of circling back to from the league perspective here uh, with the expansion of the two new teams. And we we just saw recently San Diego make a trade with New England for Buchanan. Do you think this offseason, with the expansion and whatnot, just from a league perspective, we're going to see more, you know, some more action, wheeling and dealing as teams try to position position themselves for the upcoming season? Yeah, I think there will be. I just think think it's going to happen after the expansion draft because. Right now, you know, I mean, they really don't have any assets other than draft picks. Um, Obviously, San Diego's now got Kyle Buchanan, um, and I don't know what his situation is. I think he's an unrestricted free agent. I'm not sure. But I do think that after we get through this whole uh, expansion process and everyone gets their players back, um, then I think you could see some definite wheeling and dealing because, you know, from San Diego and Philly are looking for players. They need they need players, and you know, free agency probably isn't going to solve all their needs. So, you know, they, they I think they're open to you know two for one concepts. You know, maybe be, you know, to, to to fill the stable a little bit. Like I said, when yeah. we're when we're done this this process, I'm going to probably have about 25 guys be it on draft lists or whatever, I'm going to have like 25-ish guys um, on my roster. San Diego, uh, and, well, they're going to have 10, and, San, and Philly's going to have nine. So um, leading into the draft. So that that's a big difference. I'm, I'm, I'm three times them numbers-wise. So I, I do think, I mean, there, there'll be guys available. My, my biggest problem with making a trade right, why to me, I can't make a trade right now is because I don't want to lose any of my guys. I'm forced to lose two. The moment I make a trade, I'm losing more than two because no matter what I do there, I'm still open to lose. With two teams in an expansion draft, you know, one guy can tell you one thing, but you got to deal with, you got to deal with both. It's not like a one-on boom. Um, you know, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose any guys. So I want to lose the minimum. And the only way I can lose the minimum is by sitting pat and sitting on my list and letting letting time, you know, take course. And and then, you know, and then we'll see. Then you know, it's like what we always do. We're we're looking at the team, finding ways to get better. Um, you know, there's a lot of unknown. What's going to happen here? You know, am I going to lose? Am I going to lose? two O guys am I going to lose two D guys am I going to lose one and one am I going to lose this am I going to lose that we'll wait and see you know might be a change you know and and that's I'm sure everyone's in the same boat and I think something that tends to factor into this anyway is what I can remember from previous expansion and dispersal drafts even is that geography does play still a big part in this and that some of these teams may be selecting guys that they know can't go and play in their market and they immediately know they got to come back east and perhaps they could have several trading partners kind of enter the fray here it's a risky business to play yeah uh, geography in this expansion draft i mean you couldn't have two more different (laughs) locations we've got san diego as far west as you can go and we got philly so um yes that can happen and you'll hear guys i'm sure you'll hear 
Pat Merrill used the line best available player uh, numerous times over the next two weeks. Um, that That's true. Um, yeah, all, it's, it's also tougher to trade a player when everyone knows he needs to be traded. Um, yeah. You know, that, that, that's – Whenever a player says, I can't play here, I got to I gotta be there, I mean, the reality is his value goes way down. Um, so, so I, I mean, I'm sure, listen, I'm sure both these teams have great plans. They don't need me to tell them what to do, and, and they'll do what they're going to do. And, and uh, you know, good luck to them. All right, Jamie. Well, good luck to you. Thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, it'll be a couple of uh, quiet weeks. Uh, transaction and uh, roster freeze here in effect across the league until the expansion draft comes up on Monday, July the 16th at 4.30. I'm sure everybody uh, will have their eyes and ears glued to everything. So uh, we'll circle back, I'm sure, after that. But thanks for joining us here today. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, that was Toronto Rock owner, president, and general manager Jamie Dowick joining us. We will take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access. We'll be back to wrap it up here in a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis. It's expansion mock draft time here on the podcast. This is something we're going to have fun with. We're going to do the nine rounds. We're going to uh, we're going to try and roll through this as quickly as possible but uh, and have a little bit of fun with it. At the same time, uh, prior to this, we uh, had a coin toss to determine who would be Philadelphia and who would be San Diego. And uh, Kyle uh, won the coin toss, and he's going to be Philadelphia, who will be selecting first. So I'll be uh, San Diego. And Kyle Davis, you and the Wings are on the clock here with the first pick in the expansion draft. All right. After a thorough, thorough, deep, uh, you know, looking into this here, um, I think with the first overall pick, I'm going to stick with the Toronto Rock theme here and uh, goal scoring at a premium in this league, Brett Hickey. All right, Hickey off the board right away. All right, so that's one gone from Toronto. Uh, where's my pick? i got to make sure that my pick is still who I thought it was going to be. Uh, yep, I'm going to start in net. I am going to take from the New England Black Wolves, Aaron Bold. That is San Diego's first pick. That was, uh, yeah, on my on my board as well <laughs> there. So, All right, New England back, or New England, sorry, Philadelphia back on the clock. Okay, back on the clock here. Um, I want to be competitive, you know, in the first first year here, obviously. And, again, sticking with the same kind of my, uh, mindset as the first pick, going to, you know, move forward and select a lefty offensive guy here, Jeff Shatler. All right. Shatler going to Philadelphia so that's one gone from Sask uh, I'm going to select a versatile player that could play out the back door or the front uh, I'm going to select from the Georgia Swarm Kyle Matisse Kyle Matisse going to San Diego I also hear he loves the warm weather yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you have spoken. I completely then. made that part up. All right. KD, San Diego, or Philadelphia back on the clock. I'll figure out who's who by the fourth round. Okay. Yep. And I'm going to just get a little uh, 
a little help on the back end, a little transition help as well here. I think he's really come a long way, you know, as a player. Uh, from the Calgary Roughnecks, I'm going to go Chad Cummings. Whoa, all right. I feel like you're going off the board a bit with that one, are you? Chad Cummings? Cummings, right up there, okay. Calgary. Former Junior A teammate of Kyle Davis, Chad Cummings. Yeah, there may be some <laughs> little personal tie there from Caledon as well. But All right, uh, well, we'll make this the personal tie round then, and I'm going to uh, knock off the Georgia Swarm, and I'm going to take Ethan O'Connor from the Swarm. So they are done. George is out of it. George is done. I f thought you would have him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And, okay, perfect. I'm going to go back to the offense here. All right. Always like this player, uh, you know, tough to play against uh, in junior and, you know, leaves it all on the floor from the Colorado Mammoth, Stephen Keogh. You took my guy. You took my guy. Thought I could let him slide for one more. All right, so we already know George is gone. All right, so I don't have to worry about them. All right. Uh, okay. Have some draft selection music going on in the background <laughs> yeah. here. We are kind of rapid fire uh, here without <laughs> yeah. not giving ourselves the three minutes or whatever on the clock. Uh, yeah, I'm taking uh, from the Rochester Nighthawks, Josh Courier. Best player available. Best player available. <laughs> All right. Back to the Philadelphia Wings for the first selection in round five of and the just expansion. Just to confirm, draft. only Georgia off the board, correct? Only Georgia off the board, yes. Okay. If you could cue that music once again. Sticking with... Well, we got nine picks each, right? Yep. All right, sticking with the, uh, again, the offensive side of things. I'm going from the... Sorry. From the uh, the New England Black Wolves, Johnny Paulus. Johnny Paulus. So that will uh, take care of New England now. They are off the board. Two players lost. I am going to select from the Toronto Rock, which will also take them off the board, lefty Turner Evans. Turner Evans selected. Rocker All right, round six. Round six. Rocker off the board. And New England's off the board. Uh, New England, Georgia, and Toronto are gone. Okay. Sixth round. Philadelphia. You're up. Okay. Need to address some defense here. So I am going to, from the, looks like here, from the, I'm going to stick with the Calgary Roughnecks here to pair up with my uh, other defender here, Greg Harnett. G. Hartnett going from Calgary is now pulling on a Wings jersey here, and that will wrap up the Roughnecks, too. 
All right. Um, I'm pretty sure I know who I'm picking, but I don't know where that uh, page went to in my old book here. Yes, I am going to take, and actually I'm surprised I didn't take this guy earlier, but from the Saskatchewan Rush, Brett Mitski. Brett Mitski. I forgot all about him, but I am glad he was still around in the sixth round. So and that, that takes them. the rush are out. So we have had no players selected yet from Vancouver. And I think we've had one from everybody else now, right? No, there's got to be somebody else. All right, well, we'll figure that out in a minute. Round seven, the Philadelphia Wings about to take flight with another pick here. I think right, from the uh, – I'm going to knock off a, a Vancouver Stealth here and continue to build my D up there a bit with uh, Tyler Garrison. Tyler Garrison. All right. Now, if I recall, captain of Coquitlam for uh, a Minto run? You might be right. Well, proven winner. I'm going to, uh, well, then I'm going to wrap up Vancouver as well here then. And I'm going to take another personal tie. (laughs) I know where you're going here. Offensive lefty, the Colonel, Pat Saunders, joins the San Diego Seals. All right. So Vancouver now off the board. Vancouver goes quick. After no sniff, he said, we got to get in there before we're... uh, so we could get your hand forced here late in this draft. We've got uh, Rochester, I think, still on the board for one. Uh, Colorado still on the board for one. And Buffalo for else. two. And Buff for two. Yeah, we have a no bandits. So there you go. So we're only down to a few teams here. Okay. Philadelphia on the on clock, the clock for round Philly. eight. Uh, you said Rochester's on the board for one, correct? Roch one, Colorado one, and two players still need to be selected from the Buffalo Bandits. Okay. I think... Sorry, give me that. If that music could be cute for <laughs> an extra second there. There's some intriguing I'm names bl- on this Buffalo list, I think, that could fill some roles, but uh, I'll let you go here. Yep. I'm uh, I'm going to go from the Colorado Mammoth, again, to help my, uh, help my team out here with Cam Holding. Not bad. He'll be coming off an injury, but a he key... Will- uh, Key guy for the Mammoth over the last couple of years. Did circle with his agent, though, apparently is oh, very healthy. Really? Very healthy. <laughs> very healthy. Yeah, very healthy now. Healthy so. as a horse, they yeah, say. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> um, I am taking somebody from Buffalo here, but I am not sure because I'm torn kind of between two guys. Um, both of them, I feel like, are kind of role player, wild card guys. Um, I don't know. I don't know. This is a tough one. We're down at the end. I am going to take... I already have my goalie. Yep. All right. So I think I'm going with Vaughn Harris here. I think I'm going with Vaughn Harris 
from the Buffalo Bandits. So we now have one buff and one rotch. That's all we got left here. So just process of, uh, well, I don't have anyone stopping the ball for me right now. But, I mean, personally, once the one was gone, I knew, you know, I could wait I could wait till the end here. So for Philadelphia fans, just a bit of reasoning there. But uh, kind of tough. They flip-flop these two all year. But I'm going to go with uh, Alex Boog. All right. Book in the summer, bouquet in the winter goes to Philadelphia with the ninth <laughs> pick, which means I have got to select somebody from the defending East Division champions here, the Rochester Nighthawks, to uh, wrap things up. And I am going to go with... Whew, who am I going to go with? Well, I'm going to take Sid Smith then. For the back end. A little leadership. There we go. All right, so to recap, recap we'll quickly our... recap here. We have going to uh, Philadelphia. We have Brett Hickey, Jeff Shatler, Chad Cummings, Stephen Keogh, Johnny Palace, Greg Harnett, Tyler Garrison, Cam Holding, and Alex Book in the summer, Bouquet in the winter. <laughs> and for the San Diego Seals, or that was KD's team, for San Diego, which were my picks, Aaron Bold, Kyle Matisse, Ethan O'Connor, Josh Courier, Turner Evans, Brett Midsky, Pat Saunders, uh, Vaughn Harris, and Sid Smith. Thoughts? No, but um, I'm pretty happy uh, with my team. It, I'm real happy, actually. I feel like I got a good mix up front and uh, a little veteran stuff on the back end with Sid Smith and Brett Midsky. The wild card with Vaughn Harris can kind of play both ends of the floor. Turner Evans, if he's healthy. Maybe in a bigger role here. Maybe you can bust out here in San Diego. For sure. All right. There we go. <laughs> it's crazy because, like, you know, you do get pinholed a little bit in team in terms of you have to go to certain teams at certain times. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to lose a guy. So, I mean, happy with my team. Knowing that now, I think maybe my team might look a little different if you did that again. But I'm sure maybe that's... You know, I I'd think be that's curious a very to see point how different it would be now that you've kind of just ran through one quick. I think that's a very good point because I think this is going to be something that the teams will probably run through and maybe not quite as much on the fly as we did it, folks, as you could probably tell. But just the fact that, you know, once a guy, like you said, is picked from Calgary, then suddenly that if might there is a guy that you wanted on Calgary that's still there, that might force your hand because, you know, you're not going to have that second crack at him like you have, I guess, basically when everything starts and everything's square and everybody's at zero. But... Uh, no, I mean, uh, I'm pretty happy with that. If I'm the San Diego Seals coming out with that. Yeah, for sure. For It's going to be interesting. I mean, for me, the big thing is is going to be what happens in net here. Who takes – I'm assuming, and this is just assuming, like I, don't, I want to emphasize that, who takes bold first, I, right? Like he's a legit yeah. – he's won championships in this league. He's uh, the other – you know, two goalies uh, for Buffalo, for instance, more inexperienced. You know, maybe take a flyer on them, but if you want to be, you know, I think Aaron Bold is a regular starter in this league. The other two are still kind of trying to prove themselves in Buffalo specifically. You know, you got Miller out there as well from Toronto. Well, um, and Frankie uh, Shiliano was the Shiliano. one guy that we, we didn't talk too much about, but, and, and the fact that he has kind of become a backup for when sure. he was a starter maybe at the start of this past season. And see, and then call. Like, for sure. And then when it comes down to my pick at the end, needing a goalie, Calgary's off the board. I get 
right? Pinholed yeah. into to Buffalo, whether I wanted to or not, right? So, I, yeah, I think it would look Although different. Although in the eighth round, Colorado was still on the board, and you could have gone with the deep. The deep, yeah. <laughs> you could have gone Steve Fryer in the eighth round. Just saying. Yep. Hopefully nope. Fryzy's listening to that. For sure. KD passed sure. up on you in the draft. <laughs> and, you know, I think, too, if I was doing this, I would have to set this up. Like, I had nine pieces of paper out here, <laughs> right? Like, I'm it looking, was wild. All, looking it was all wild. over the map. Yeah. It was an anarchy in the Philadelphia Wings <laughs> right here. But the war room we was got her going. a disaster. Um, that was actually fun. And I think, you know what, it's probably something that a lot of uh, – Fans will be doing over the next couple of weeks is uh, they'll be having their own mock drafts. And like we say, like, you know, one pick by any team at any time could change the course of this whole thing. Yep. You know, if That's crazy, if San Diego walks in thinking Philly's going to, you know, take Hickey and that they could get bold, that, and what if that flips the other way immediately and Philly takes bold right away and then boom, See, that I, could change I, the entire course of the draft with one pick. No matter who they think is going to go, that one little switch, boom. And, I mean, if you walk in and take that goalie knowing you're just going to be, you know, for instance, bold, have some stability in that, I didn't know, you know, I obviously both wanted bold by looks of it. I didn't know if I go bold, do you, does that totally change, you know, the way you look at your team now, like, and how you go, I guess. So if we also come to the consensus that maybe Brett Hickey and Aaron Bold are the two best players available in this draft? To me, for me at least, it was, you know, that's kind of, I was leaning those two because I, on one side, a, a 50 goal scorer, who I think as well, too, with a, you know, you got two great players ahead of him. I think if you give him a bigger role, you might see him get close, you know, maybe not to 50, but back to, what, 35, yeah. 40, 40, 40, you know, 40, he's had a 45 season flirt with too, 40. Yeah. Like if you give him that prominent role again, you know, he'll get more peeper power play minutes. He'll get, he'll be out there more regularly. I think he flirts with that again. For me, I just couldn't pass up those goals. Maybe just being an offensive guy back in the day, but <laughs> that's well, where I, I was leaning those two. I don't, were you leading Hickey if? Yeah. I mean, and then I guess to take a step back out of the mock world here, and if we step back in the real world as the Toronto Rock hat's back on here, you know, hopefully uh, he is back in a Toronto Rock uniform. And, and Jamie kind of mentioned that throughout this, you know, process and the interview is that, uh, and the interview that he did today, sorry, was that, you know, these guys are all here for a reason. And, you know, it's not a like and dislike list. And I think that's what, you know, like we've said, fans have to get over as well a little bit. But this is a process that, um, it's going to be fun and engaging for the fans, but it's not easy for the management. You know, like, there are a lot of personal relationships, friendships, and whatnot that are forged through this game and, and, and through all this, but this is part of pro sports, and this kind of stuff happens. So um, it's going to be a, a fun next couple of weeks, and, uh, you know, we may do this again sometime here around the office, just fire up another mock expansion draft and see who comes up with who. But... Uh, and maybe give it a little bit more time and not quite so much on the fly like we did it today, but still fun uh, nevertheless. Uh, KD, do we want to have a little uh, ticket office update on what's going on uh, ticket sales-wise here? Yeah, for sure. So we just finished our uh, you know our early bird campaign, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, really, June 15th. Um, that doesn't mean season tickets aren't still on sale. That's the big thing right now. Obviously still great value. Season passes on sale as well. Uh, I guess now, you know, you can come down to Scotiabank Arena, arena, not yeah. the Air Canada Centre, but tickets starting at as low as $125 
you know, and you're into all nine regular season home games, that, that breaks down to, uh, we're talking $13 and change per yep. game. You know, obviously still lots of great seats, but we have ha- have had a good push to start off the, uh, you know, the off season here and seats are, are moving in, in, in a good direction. And uh, yeah, we're going to have uh, the hot seats of the week coming out again here shortly as well. Uh, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. You're going to be some cool prizes or some cool things attached to uh, some specific seats on a per week be- basis for a bit. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Last year, you know, it was a good uh, good help uh, for the season tickets as well. Give us a shout directly, 416-596-3075, or you can hop online, torontorock.com slash tickets. Uh, you know, there's some information there as well. And, you can, you know, we still have our uh, our online chat there as well to talk to an account rep live in person during the day too. So lots of ways to get in touch with us, lots of ways to, uh, to buy some tickets and get some great seats for the upcoming year. And, you know, this expansion draft is going to be a crazy season, right, with this going on, lots going on. So you're not going to want to to miss out on this and I think Toronto has a good uh, good thing going here and you know as they look to get back in the playoffs next year yeah and we'll have to see how the uh you know the schedule works out we know that uh we'll probably be seeing Philadelphia obviously at Scotiabank Arena this year being that they will be in the east uh but we'll still wait to see uh if the Seals will be coming to town or not uh and how that will all play out once the schedule comes out which of course folks be patient schedule will be out around the same time as always around uh you know that first week of september so uh you know you can rest assured that that's pretty well the same time it comes out every year so uh, it probably won't be out before then so uh you know you can start doing some more official planning and plotting of your time uh once that schedule comes out at the start of september but uh, we'll probably regroup here in a couple of weeks after the uh expansion draft and try to get another pod in here this summer but uh for right now that's going to do it. And I guess, KD, we, can we let the cat out of the bag? You're officially, I guess, this is your last podcast with us as an employee of the Toronto Rock, and uh, you'll be leaving us for another opportunity. We want to say it's been uh, great having you on the podcast, and hopefully if all things work out between all parties, we can uh, you know, keep doing this here. But it's been a pleasure, and hopefully we can continue this, and uh, we'll be keeping an eye on the expansion draft and everything. But, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be uh, – back in the summer and then uh again back uh on the regular later on yeah no doubt for sure it uh it's been a blast you know enjoyed it and great always coming in here and talking the cross and yeah still you know don't want to close the door so let's if we could figure that out i'd love to you know keep this going as well so yeah thanks (laughs) sounds good (laughs) all right uh so that does it for this uh first summer edition of toronto rock total access the podcast uh We hope that uh, you've enjoyed it and uh, tell a friend about us uh, once in a while, all right? So in the meantime and in between time, for Kyle Davis, I'm Mike Hancock saying that's it. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is in the bag. We will chat soon.